Welcome to Alex Anderson's Quilt Connection, dedicated to educate, inspire, and grow today's quilting community. Hi, I'm Alex Anderson, and welcome to the Quilt Connection with episode number 62. Here we are once again at the end of a school year. I can remember when I was a little kid, the year would just drag on and on and on, and we would wait for the coveted summer vacation, and now I blink my eyes, and here we are. I've shared this in a couple e-letters with Bernina, but this particular spring is really very sweet for me because we've had two graduations in the family and an end of the school year. Graduations, you ask? My kids were out of school quite a while ago. Well, Shelly, my daughter-in-law-to-be, graduated from law school. Very, very exciting. We were down in Los Angeles with her family. She had 10 tickets, and she included John and myself. And I just thought that was so wonderful. I was freaking out because I wasn't sure if I could make it. Oh, well, remember, that was the end of the Pennsylvania trip. But the fact of the matter is, I flew there on Friday, and it was great. What I didn't share with you is that Adair got her credential this year, so last weekend we celebrated that. Now she is in the midst of searching for a new school to teach at, and we're just crossing our fingers. It seems as if the one school that wants her is very interested, and it's all very, very exciting. She teaches middle school, which it's funny because she loves those kids, and frankly, I think that's a pretty great age, too, but I'll run into kindergarten teachers, and they're like going, oh, how, how can anybody teach middle schoolers? And my daughter's sentiment is, how, how can anybody teach kindergartners? In fact, I remember a couple of years ago, she was substituting, and she got she was all shook up because she was doing a kindergarten class and halfway through the kids were throwing shoes at each other. I mean, it was just total chaos and out of control. And so that's when she identified that she would rather work with kids in the middle school and high school age. That said, she's got her single, uh, single subject credential. It's in history. She is a wizard at U.S. history, as I've already said before. And through the midst of what she's done this year, she's also fallen in love with English, which kind of scares me because she couldn't even construct a decent sentence uh, two years ago. But now she's really good. So that said, those are the two graduates in our family right now. And actually, as I put down this podcast, today is the last day of school in the Livermore School District. We back on to a darling little elementary school, and I rather enjoy when the weather is warm enough that I can have the windows open that I can hear the kids playing on the playground. And frankly, it gets really quiet during the summer, and I'm so grateful when they come back in the fall. But the really fun thing is you see the moms all, you know, picking up their kids from school, and you know now, what they have in front of them is the summer. And what do you do with kids during the summer? Sure, there's camps and there's this and there's that. But I do know that when I had kids at home, you're always searching for something to do that's unique and different. Well, here it is. It's time 
to teach your kids to quilt. Now, now I know, I know it skips generations, but that said, maybe you've got an auntie or a grandma that can help out, or maybe you are a grandma. I have to tell you, one of the funnest books that I've written was on Kids Start Quilting. And let me give you a little backdrop to that. Start Quilting for Adults was going to be in its uh, revision, um, not a second edition, that's what it's called in the world of publishing. And so they wanted me to make new quilts, rewrite the book, and then that we'd shoot a new cover and, you know, fix the things that, you know, could be better from the first edition. So while I was working on that particular book, and probably many of you are familiar with this book, um, it's ushered a lot of people into quilting. In the book, I say, look, this isn't the first word. This isn't the last word of quilting, essentially. It is just to get you started. It's $12.95. Let's just bring them in, bring them in, and then they can move on to a more sophisticated book. But anyways, as I was working on the second edition, I thought, man, there should be a start quilting book for kids. And I really couldn't put my hands on one. So I called up my editor, Liz Anlosky, who I adore. She is the um, head of all my books. And I, I kid with C&T, I say the day she walks out the door, there's going to be two, two rear ends are looking at because I so depend on Liz's wisdom. And she always, she's the person that gives the books the look and the feel that they have. I love you, Liz. Thank you if you're listening to this. But anyways, I called her up and I said, we need to do a kid's book. She said, hmm. Now, if any of you know Liz, that's exactly what she does. And she thought it was a great idea. But then she said, in the same conversation, she said, well, but we have to work with some kids if we do this. Now, here's the thing. My kids at that point are semi out of the house and there really aren't in the prime quilting age, teachable quilting age, which I'm going to throw in right now is about 9 to 12. Perfect age. And in a little bit, I'll give you some tips on some things you need to be aware of when you're working with kids. So we're thinking about, okay, where can we dig up some kids? Because Liz's children are my children's age, and at that point, they were off to college or whatever. The phone rings. And forgive me if you've heard this story before, but on the other line, there was a woman. She goes, hi, my name's Dee Christopher, and you don't know me. And she said, but your friend at church told me I should call you because I'm a new quilter in town and I don't have any friends and I hear you're a quilter. And I said, oh, she said, I work at the Lutheran school. Now, I had clicked over on the phone from a conversation with Liz and I said to Dee, Christopher, that's who it was, I said, uh, can you like hold a minute, please? And so I put her on hold and I said, Liz, we have a live one. And so I hung up on Liz and I went back to D. And so I guess you could say the rest is history. I told her about what I wanted to do and could she dig me up some kids? And yes, she did with her two children included and some other kids. Uh, one young man was being homeschooled. Well, anyways, we got our group of kids together. And as an aside, at that point in of my life in Livermore, I realized because of what I do for a living, I really had no friends. And I had said, 
seriously, I said, God, I need some friends. And at that point, friends were brought into my life. And Dee is a friend of mine now. And it's really sweet because though we don't see each other that often, when we do, it's wonderful because, you know, we're quilters. And, uh, well, you know, that's all you have to say about that. So we put together this group of uh, children who were going to take my quilting lesson. Now, mind you, I don't even teach beginning quilters. So we were a little concerned about their safety and so forth. We had the kids all come to my house and we had enough adults in there too, so we could really pay attention to what was going on with the children. And we went to work. Here's what I learned with working with kids. First of all, they're better learners than adults. It's because they go to school. This is what I think. They go to school nine months out of the year and they know how to pay attention. And unlike adults, and of course, I'm not talking about any of you who take quilting classes, they're not telling me how they do it and trying to convince me that their way is the best. <laughs> now, I want to say that when I teach quilting and somebody has something new to show me, that's wonderful because one of the best parts about quilting or teaching quilting is that essentially you're a conduit of information so that as I move from region to region, I might learn something that they do in one area and then take it to another region. And as an aside, I never say it's mine. I say I learned this here and there. So if you are a national teacher or even a regional teacher, it's your responsibility to move the information to various different destinations, giving credit if you can remember where it was, but not claiming it as your own. So anyways, the kids were very active listeners. What we did was we gave them an assignment to go to the fabric store, quilt shop, and get their fabric. And they were very, very, very uninhibited by color choices. So first rule is don't get in their mess. Let them pick out the fabrics that they want. Now, the age of the kids were 8 to 12. The 12-year-old who happened happens to be, she still is, of course, Dee's daughter, was a little too old for the group, but she it was really great she was there because she could observe and tell us what she thought needed to be in the book. And then the youngest, who was eight years old, was a little bit young for the rotary cutting. Yes, we had them rotary cut. And it wasn't from a safety point of view. It was the fact that she couldn't hold the ruler with her hand. She wasn't strong enough. So as far as rotary cutting went, this is what we did. We got the um, Ulfa retractable rotary cutters. That way, we didn't have to worry about being the blade exposed when it didn't need to be exposed. And on that cutter, there's a little red button. We didn't talk about the lock-unlock feature. So they would rotary cut, and then they would put down the cutter, and the blade would be where it needed to be. Secondly... We had them all wearing the Fawns and Porter Klutz glove. It's a cloth glove that looks something like your sewing machine gloves when you're machine quilting, only it's a cut-resistant glove. We had them all wear that the first day. The, uh, the second day, we thought the kids were fine. We said they could take them off, and lo and behold, 
the 11-year-old cut herself. So I would insist that the child wears the glove. And honestly, I'm going to just say right now, if the kid isn't mature, if you don't feel good about this, don't do it. This is when your common sense as an adult has to kick in. And I won't be responsible for any cut kids out there, okay? I'm saying that right now. And I say it in jest, but I'm dead serious. The other thing, going back to the eight-year-old, was the strength in their hands. Even the 10-year-old had a little bit of trouble with the ruler shifting, and so we put rubber dots on the underneath side of the ruler. The sandpaper dots were not strong enough, and we put it on in like, kind of like a five on a dice. That's where we put the dots, and we used a six by 12-inch ruler. So that pretty much took care of that business. Now, the other safety areas that didn't occur to me until we worked with the kids was the iron. That's right. How many kids have ironed? They would iron and then put the iron down so that the heat unit was on the ironing board. They didn't understand that you had to take the iron and put it up on its butt end or its rear end. Now, the iron I use at home you can keep down, but most irons you have to, you know, put upright. Secondly, one of the boys kind of burned his hand because he ironed, put the iron in the correct position, but then touched the ironing board. And so that's an area that you want to be aware of. And last but not least, of course, is the sewing machine itself. I found they were fairly respectful of the needle going up and down, but they need to understand that, yes, they have to really, really be careful. If you feel a little nervous about this, you might position the kid between your legs and kind of wrap your arms around them and put your hands to the outside of the machine and just look over their shoulder. When Joey was in second or third grade, I did a unit on quilting with the kids and they sat between my legs. And I also told them, and I was more concerned about the boys, that if they got hooky, that's my private language, hooky means act like a jerk, they were out of there. That there were no do-overs, no second chances. And there's a way to say that in humor, but it's also very serious. The other thing that we did with the kids is if a kid sewed something wrong and it needed to be taken apart... I would just take it from them and I would say, oh, that's my favorite part. And then I would pick it out or do the reverse sewing. And that way they didn't have the frustration. Now, something else I want to share is that kids are only good for so long and then they need wiggle room. Because they are so focused when they're learning, unlike adults who will chit chat and, you know, when they're sewing and have the ability to sit there for a long time and work. They needed to wiggle. And also, there was a food issue. So rather, what I did was I served them snacks. And rather than give them cookies, which we like, chocolate and cookies, we did peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. We offered some protein in it. And then every hour and a half, well, the class was only three hours. And then we had them on different days. Every hour and a half, we would take them outside and run them like puppy dogs. So that worked quite nicely also. 
I want to say that this was a remarkable adventure. And, you know, I'm going to plug the book just because it's a really good book. I think it's $14.95. You can get it off my website or ask your local quilt shop for it. It's a very, very good book, and it gives you some easy patterns and stuff like that. But you know what? I've given you some really good safety tips. And so you might want to just do it on your own. Start with something simple. Know when to pitch in and help and know when to get out of the way. So here we are several years later, and I don't know of the younger kids who's still quilting and who's not, but I will say that one of the boys, Brett, got his baseball team quilting, and Brett is also Dee's son. And Brett is currently in high school. He's an excellent baseball player and basketball player, and there are Ivy League schools looking for this kid. So just because quilting is seen as a girly sport is absolutely not. Well, of course not. Look at Ricky Timms and John Flynn and Michael James and just, oh, there's so many great quilters out there. Secondly, Leanna, a 12-year-old, I, you know, actually, I think she was 14. I'm going to correct myself on that, is in college, and she's taken to machine quilting like a duck to water, and she will, in exchange of people doing her dirty laundry, machine quilt for them down in the Los Angeles area. I think that's just awesome. So it's summertime. I encourage you to take a kid under your wing and teach them to quilt. I had a blast. It was an absolute, unexpected, fabulous joy, a memory that I'll treasure forever. Again, if you want to get the book, you can come to my site, alexandersonquilts.com, and get it from there. Also, it would be fun if you came and posted a comment on my podcast area to see if you're willing to commit to this. Oh, and last but not least, speaking of learning, every week for the next year, I'm going to try and be really good about this. I'm going to be posting tips on my site. We're never too old to learn. And man, I've learned that this last year. So while we learn, teach somebody else. And that somebody else might be your neighbor kid. Until we meet and we do get around, happy quilting. For more quilting information and inspiration, please visit us at alexandersonquilts.com.